I need to change something. And so what I put into place into my recruiting season was info sessions. So instead of going from Indeed straight to an interview, straight to an onboarding, what I did was I put together this, you know, PowerPoint presentation, you know, over time and over practice, I'm sure I lost a few candidates along the way if I had just gone into straight to hiring them. But along the way, I was able to create this 30 minute, super powerful, this is the job, this is what I'm expecting from you, this is why you want it. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. So I have an amazing young leader, Kelly Kareem, uh, here. She was a Mexico operator her first year, uh, did over 90,000, this year over 150,000, and really talked one of the big differences between her first and her second year, both exceptional, was just what it took to get just the super exceptional season we just saw was just a bunch of distinctions around recruiting. And, and so she talked about what she did around explaining the role better, setting better expectations, and then, you know, interviewing people better, drawing people in, and just what a difference it made in her season. And just, again, how much more enjoyable it was, how much her team earned more, learned more, grew more, how she did. And uh, uh, she's done so well that she's uh, she's now a coach in the program. And I'm just so excited to see what she's going to create over the next few years that she'll be a coach with us. So you know why we're doing this is just we're in the middle of our recruiting season. We've we've recruited more than half of our operators, and we're just looking to see about those those last group of people to jump into spots across Eastern Canada. So if you know anyone, please shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com. They could go directly to our site at studentworks.com, or they could also, you could shoot them this podcast and hear whether this is something they'd want to do. So I hope you have a super fantastic day, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. So Kelly, welcome back to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. We were just making fun. There was a breakdown in the recording. And so we're just back at it because that's what happens. You know, sometimes there's breakdowns and you just own it. And so it was my responsibility and we're we're back at it. And, uh, you know, one line I always love is technology is great when it works and sometimes it doesn't. So uh, so here we are. So let's go back to explain who you were like before becoming an operator. For sure. Before being an operator and joining the the program, I'd say, you know, school was the the main focus of my life. Uh, I liked being a student. I kind of still do. I almost miss it. Uh, you know, I, I was that that student back in elementary and high school, doing my homework, trying my best. You know, teachers often liked me, you know, on, on their team doing bigger projects. I, I always felt like they trusted me a bit more. You know, in high school, I went on to to join the IB program just because I liked the idea of 
being with other students that enjoyed the challenge. We were a smaller group and we did big projects like painting a mural in the school walls and just being a part of something like that. Yeah. And so what had you thinking about running a business with us? For sure. You know, I was recruited through through LinkedIn and I remember being reached out through LinkedIn and just kind of telling myself, wow, don't let this pass you by. Don't don't let this be an opportunity that, that just went, oh yeah, years ago, I just kind of got a message and ignored it. I remember thinking, this is what I've been working towards. And this is a challenge I've been waiting for. You know, I was in a, in a space where I was ready to get my car. I was, I trusted myself enough to be organized and I trusted myself that I could balance it and find time to do my academics and do this and do it successfully. And, you know, the question of what was thinking about what had me ready to run a business. It was, it was a feeling of the borderline feeling of being fearful of failing. I didn't want to fail. And also this feeling inside of me that I was really excited to do Mm -hmm. something new and that balance between fear and excitement and maybe fear failing. And I think that for me was when I realized, go, go jump in and, and, you know, go do your best. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so walk me through the experience of your first summer. Yeah, for sure. So in my first year, everything was very new to me. I've I've never had experience in sales and recruiting my own team, uh, you know, let alone anything about window cleaning. Um, But again, everything to me was very excited because I had such an amazing network of our team of operators under Kyle. And so you know, it, it was just about reaching out to everyone on that team and making sure my my questions were answered so that I can go out and do my best. So I realized that I, I enjoy the sales. I enjoy connecting with with my clients. And then come around May, there there was a, a, a click in my head where I was like, wait a minute, I've promised over 100 people that I was going to deliver this team. Uh, you know, I was going to deliver this team that encompassed my values, that encompassed my vision, and I didn't hire that team yet. Oh, okay. So, um, I had to put together, you know, this team that would that would really deliver that. Um, and I would say that was pretty that was pretty difficult uh, right. finding those people that really encompass what what you are envisioning. That's really difficult, and so. Obviously, I had the the difficult problems of producing my my work, and there was a hiccup a little bit um, in my first summer of just you know letting go of everyone on my team and starting from scratch. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I, I in June, um, it just wasn't working, and okay. it, it felt like every time I hired one person, another person would go, and okay. I was playing this loop over and over and over again to the point where we just said, you know what? Let's stop, reset, and go again. Right. And since I did that, then you know it was smoother sailing all the way until the end until the end of August. Awesome, awesome. So what did you learn that you didn't expect that first summer? I didn't expect to learn time management in the way that I did in that summer. And I didn't expect to learn that sometimes zero percent is better than twenty percent. And that really comes down back to my experience of, resetting my team and launching them again. I thought it would be best to just keep producing, keep cleaning the windows that were clean. Don't stop that train. Just keep pumping in people and letting go of people and just 
keep keep the jobs going that's that's 20 percent. that's not what i promised that's not the 100 percent i promised right and so what i learned was no stop do nothing for two weeks put your team back together and then start at a 100 percent. because if you're trying to go from 20 to 100 while in production you just never end up getting there and you're only you're only playing like a like a like you're chasing something that's not you're yeah. never going to reach it you're in a yeah. loop and you're never going to get there and it's never going to end yeah. so it, you have to end it so that you can actually start restart it correctly right there is something to it really is difficult when you start on on not solid footing in any relationship right and and it's just not solid footing and i know in the second year you did but but it's just like okay and so you stopped and you re regrounded it and went much better. So that's uh, that's fantastic, and I'm sure as well went much better for those people you work for, you work with, right? So so that experience was great, just everywhere. So was it as hard as you thought it would be? One hundred percent. I think the expectations were were set properly. You know, I was told this was going to be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and it was. I had to to push this wall, imaginary wall, if you will, in my head of what was possible, what is reasonable, what's not reasonable, and and just kind of reconstruct the way uh, my my self-limiting beliefs. I had to reconstruct that. I had to reconstruct, you know, what is possible for me and and my business and making ends meet properly and successfully. Awesome. Awesome. And so what did you have to overcome to 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 have a, a Mexico type season? Maybe tell me more about the preseason and what you had to overcome and how you managed that around, you know, I know you're a top student, how you manage that around around being a top student. For sure. So I think to to be a, a top a top operator preseason, you know, I'm I'm managing a full-time course load and biology program at the University of Waterloo. And you know coming into May with most of my sales as well. Um, I would say it really comes down to the way you're going to manage your time. And, you know, I think it really comes down to to practice, right? There's this story I've been thinking about in it's back when I was in, in high school, there was a student who never really did, you know, never really did their homework, did not like showing up on time. Sometimes we just not even come to class. And, right. and one day I just kind of got annoyed. And I was like, why? Why do you have to, to do that? You know, we, we're, we're teachers don't really like you. And right. doesn't that bother you? Right. <laughs> and didn't quite bother him at all. <laughs> and he goes, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. We're only in ninth grade. Who cares? Right. And he goes, well, it's, it's the only time it's really going to matter is when, you know, I'm going to be my undergrad. Or in twelfth grade, when grades actually matter at that point, right? And I kind of look back, and it's like, well, the reason I think I'm a top operator today is because back then it, it mattered to me to be on time, to submit things on time, and it stressed me out when it didn't. And sometimes stress is a good thing, yes. right? It's just just enough to get me going, just enough to to submit everything on time and to to do that. So when it comes down to it, I think. I had practiced that enough to the point where I can add on more to my plate because that was really manageable to me. School was really manageable to me now. And it almost felt like my schedule wasn't full enough at one point. I was able to do a whole time job plus my school. And that was that was okay to me. That was all right. Um, so to add this on, it felt a bit it felt a bit natural to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I always like to sort of think 
typically people who are listening to this podcast and are in our program want to have really big lives. They want to make a huge contribution. So I always kind of say, okay, well, Kelly, you're 40. What's your life going to look like? It's uh, it's going to be way more complex. You're going to be doing way more things. You're going to be accomplishing way more things and taking even better time management, et cetera. So, so it's kind of like steps up a stair. And the fact that you've been on the stair already for so many years just are so much better going to prepare you for that, you know, ultimate spot and beyond. And so those people who say, oh, I'll start when I start. Well, it's not like it can't work, you know, sure it can. And it's just not as likely to, you know, that consistent application of force over time, habitually, what people are powerfully doing is just way more likely going to show up. And, you know, again, we can look at that in sports and say, you know, the best athletes in football and hockey and baseball and soccer, they're very apparent at 12 and 14 and 16 and 18. Not direct lines, but very few who, you know, just overcame massive things to become really great. And why? Well, just just again, the things that we're pointing to. And I know one of the other things I love is just how you actually found you could take more on despite this heavy course load, right? You know, just, and of course, I'm sure you were focusing really hard on school so that this other time got created. For sure. I really like something you just said there. The line isn't direct. You don't really know what's going to come next. Something my dad always told me was never saying no to an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so it's about, well, you don't know what the opportunity is going to be like when it comes to your door, right? right? And another line I really like is, Luck is only for the prepared mind. So be prepared, keep practicing those habits um, so that you keep being better and better so that when that opportunity does show up at your door, it's like, hey, I'm totally ready for this. I'm ready. You betcha. So one thing you were ready for was an outstanding second year, you know, so Mexico level 90 plus K and then this year, 150 K. So obviously just a huge, huge growth. But on top of it, I know, I do top performer calls all the time. I know I was speaking to you quite regularly through the preseason, just seeing all the success you're having. And one thing that just stood out was your team was remarkable. How everything was operating was remarkable. So why don't you tell me what you did differently from some of the struggles of our first year to this year, where it's just like, you know, it's just crushed it on the HR's front. 100%, you know, Looking back on my first summer and the hiccup I had with restarting my whole team, starting from scratch, I came into our January training with a few workers and I thought, you know, two window cleaners, a caller, marketers, I really thought I was going to go ahead and crush that season. Um, like we said, the line to success is not always direct as as we like it to be. So, you know, going into February, all those people I had hired back in December, November had quit. And I just felt like, you know, between last summer and now this, it's just like, I need to change something. And so what I put into place into my recruiting season was info sessions. So instead of going from Indeed straight to an interview, straight to an onboarding, what I did was I put together this, you know, PowerPoint presentation, you know, over time and over practice, I'm sure I lost a few candidates along the way if I had just gone into straight to hiring them. But along the way, I was able to create this 30-minute, super powerful, this is the job. This is what I'm expecting from you. This is why you want it. This is how budget works. Uh, These are the benefits. And Mm -hmm. this whole presentation is for you, right? right? 
as applicants, this is for you. I'm putting this together so that I'm not wasting your time and right. later on not wasting mine. Yeah. And there was a lot of reversal in 30 minute PowerPoint presentation. And, and from there, the applicants had the opportunity to reapply through a Google form. Let me know what role, because I would go through every single role from window right. cleaners, callers, market. I'm like, let me know which one you actually want to apply for. Awesome. And give me why. And do you have a card, whatnot? And from there, there's a few applicants that I even turned away from that application because I can, I'm almost interviewing them in that info session as well. Yeah. And so I'm only really setting up interviews with really stellar applicants. And from there, you know, I'm onboarding them, I'm training them, and only then are they really part of our crew. And I'd say it worked. I'd mm -hmm. say, you know, I, I put together a stellar team, three crews, and uh, they, you know, I found that they all got along super well, even though they have never met before. It's just we right. all clicked. You know, when it came down to it, each crew really supported each other. And it was just an amazing year. And on top of that, you know, once they're recruited, they know how budgeted jobs work. And at the end of the day, they know that, you know, if that check isn't collected, no one's getting paid. And they right. totally understand that. They totally understand why we need to go marketing between jobs. Right. And so because they know all of that, you know, if something had gone wrong, right, they took responsibility. For that. They know that it's all in their hands and that there's only so much that I can do. If they're right. missing materials, right, well, go home and go get it. Right. That's on you, right? right. If you want to take an extra lunch break, I don't care. Do what right. you got to do to get the job done. You know how it works. Right. And there was kind of this relationship between us. It's like, yes, they know that I'm making schedule, I'm in charge and whatnot. But there was also a lot of that they were in control of. And, and they knew that. And I think a top performer, window cleaner, won't take advantage of that. They'll, they'll kind of know, right, how can I get this job done to the best as I can and have this be the best summer that, that they could have. Hey, leaders. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold Student Works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Well, that's great. You know, and, and I know when we really recruit well, A performers like to hand, hang out with A performers. So I think that's a big reason why your team got along so well. We find that in our community, how we just recruit A performers and they, they just get along because they're out trying to do the same things in the world, out trying to be really successful in the world. I know one of the terms you used in Good Chance um, some of our leaders won't understand what that means is the term reverse sell. So what do you mean by reverse sell? For sure. So now that the applicant has, you know, gone through my, my Indeed phone call, my, my info session, gone through a whole interview with me, 
at the end of my interview, what I'll ask them is, is this, you know, I don't hire just anyone. You can see I'm very, very committed to this team. I've promised thousands and thousands of dollars worth of work in the Waterloo region. My name is on the line, mm -hmm. right? So why should I hire you to join this team, to join our ambitious goal, goals that even scare me, right? I know I can't do this without us as a team. So why should I join you to join this team and join its goals? Right. And the applicants really took, took a breath uh, at that question. So the last question, it's really giving what you got. And they would take a breath and give me their top three reasons. Right. And what I like about this question is that I'm creating a vision at the end of the interview versus the question of give me the top three reasons I should choose you over another applicant. You know, because they have an idea of their peers, of potential other applicants. Maybe they saw the other applicants at the info session. That also really helps. Yeah. Um, but because I've created the standard and this vision by the end of the info session and the interview, they're really giving me everything that they've got there. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's so great. Uh, I think that's so great having people really feel like they earn the right to work there. I know that's one of the values that we have of our company. People really being motivated to to be part of a really winning team, you know, and it's and it's fun being part of a winning team. And and really it's, you know, I think one of the reasons why uh sometimes people don't like their jobs is because they're not on winning teams, right? They're not in winning environments. They're not in well-managed, well-led organizations. So that would really kind of bite, you know, so it's not, not so much fun. Things break down, things aren't on time. I'm not responsible, who's accountable. And it's just a big blah mess. You know, you're really trying to set that really, really high standard and have, have people follow through. So no, that's just wonderful. And also as well, you not only had people window cleaning, but who else did you have helping you on your team? Maybe as well for, for our leaders listening, you know, in terms of canvassers and in terms of callers and what did they do in, to support your business? For sure. My, my team structure pretty much looked like um, my production manager. I recruited him through Indeed as well. Uh, my production manager, took care of my window cleaners very well, just supported them in any way that they that they need hour by hour, day by right. day. It's a tough job supporting window cleaners hour by hour. It could, it could be pretty difficult when you're running three crews across the water in the region. So yeah, he, he just did an amazing job. On top of that, I just could not have reached the sales that I did without my caller. Uh, my caller, I, I really lucked out. It is a pass operator. So so she she really just crushed it. She knew exactly what to do. And just, you know, it, it was amazing just opening up my schedule and it's full of estimates. Yeah. Mm, yeah you know, there's there's not a feeling like that where my window cleaners are getting the leads, my caller is setting it up, and you're just showing up. You know, that's the ideal that we talk about all the time. And to have experienced that just a little bit is was just incredible. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. And so I know at this point in time, you're, you, you've you've uh, earned the opportunity to become a coach. So what had you wanting to become a coach? For sure. You know, since since our, our vet meetings um, in my rookie year, I was part of a little team, a smaller team. We call it accountability uh, meetings with mm -hmm. a senior vet. And, and since that time, I, I just realized I really liked hearing other people's businesses and how it's going. And I liked having the opportunity to, to give my own feedback. And from there, 
we still call, you know, even though we're not on those accountability meetings anymore together, we still have our own one-on-one calls with most of those people. Mm -hmm. And so I I realized I just really enjoy having an impact on someone else's business. You know, we we have one conversation, the end of next week, you know, things have shifted. Yeah. And it's just incredible hearing hearing those results. And so it just, it really fulfills me. I totally can see that. And uh, it doesn't surprise me as well, just the way you ran your business, the way you enrolled people in your business and, you know, different people like different parts of business, but I, I can really see the leadership part of the business really inspiring you, Kelly. So how do you think that is going to make an impact on your career in the future? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the student works management program acts as a slingshot for, for your career. You know, I think what I'm learning here in the last two years, the skill set that, you know, I'm learning here is only going to help me and to enable me to earn that next promotion, whatever career I I find next. You know, I think something we're talking about is you never know when the next opportunity is going to come. So so keep being your best self, keep working on those little habits. And I'm not too, too sure what my my lifetime career is going to look like just yet, but I do feel like I'm on the right path for it. And so what key habits would someone want to steal from you? Yeah, I think the key habits that you'd want to steal from me is my time management. I think I have a good ability to complete tasks within a set amount of hours, a set amount of budget that I give myself to to do so. And then the next one I, I would say is, you know, remembering things from clients' names, their address, conversations, the promises I've made. You know, there is a certain amount of organization that you need to have so that you can remember those those little things. But I think if you're organized enough, you know, from your room to 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 your environment, your calendar, knowing where you got to be, it allows you to be present enough with other people to remember those small details. And I think the people around you will really appreciate it when you do remember those small details. Oh, for sure. I think those are so valuable. Um, And I think you're speaking correctly just around just being present, right? Like just being, you know, and having those details so that we can be really present in our conversations. So um, I guess anything else that we missed before we jump to our last question, Kelly? No, I think I, I, well, I hope that, you know, our shares today are are valuable to someone out there. I hope maybe something clicks for you then I would be really happy. Awesome. Awesome. So when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? When I think about a leader of tomorrow, I think about someone who wants to learn for the rest of their life. I think of someone who in challenging times will take a breath, take the feedback, let go of their ego so that they can make the room within themselves to, to be a better tomorrow. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's really, really powerful. So, so uh, Kelly, thanks so much for joining us on the leaders of tomorrow. Just a wonderful podcast. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit 
leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.